The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. They're tearing down statues of Thomas Jefferson. And you know who I blame? I blame the right, not the left. I'll explain why coming up on I'm Right. Welcome to I'm Right. Now it's time for This Week in Wokeism. George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now we're going to take down his statue. That crazy Trump. What a nutball. Nobody's going to take down statues to Thomas Jefferson. This is just about the Confederacy. I mean, where does he get off making predictions like that? That was from 2017. New York City, you know, most important city in the world, certainly the most important city in America. They're going to remove a 188-year-old Thomas Jefferson statue from City Hall because the woke mob demanded it. Now, we have to talk really quickly about behavior, about human beings, about understanding the nature of things and the nature of people. What do I mean by that, the nature of things? Well, if I come home tonight 
and I go out my back door once I get in the house and I see the neighbor in my backyard and he's messing with my hose that's, that's tied into the back, what am I going to assume? I'm going to assume his hose is broken or something and the wife let him in and I'm going to say, hey, Bob, his name's not really Bob. Bob, you okay, buddy? And he's undoubtedly going to say something to me like, yeah, man, I'm trying to water my plants. My hose broke. I talked to the wife. She said I could just come get the hose, in which case I'll be like, all right, Bob, let me help you out. And let's get it over there. Because I understand the nature of Bob. It's important to understand the nature of Bob. I'm not going to walk back and see Bob and then walk inside and grab one of my various firearms and gun him down. It's Bob. I know Bob. I know his nature. He's fine. Now, if I walk home, or if I get home, I'm not walking home, if I get home tonight and I walk in the front door and there's somebody in my living room with the mask on and he has my family tied up and he's currently beating them, I'm going to go get one of my guns and I'm going to kill him and drag him out back and leave him on the front lawn, or out front and leave him on the front lawn as a message to everybody else while the cops come and scrape him off my grass. Because I understand his nature as well. It's important to know the nature of things. The huge problem we're facing right now in this country is not the left. It is not, actually. Now, yes, they're obviously the ones trying to destroy America. The communist left, they have it in their hearts and in their heads. They want to destroy the United States of America. They do. That's, that's their goal. The problem we have is the right. The problem we have is people on the right completely either unaware of the nature of the communists or too afraid of the nature of the communists? I don't know what the answer is, but the problem is the right. You see, we're all living together in this home. We shouldn't be, but that's another story. We're living together in this home. You, you like your home, right? You appreciate America. You want America to be good, to thrive, to improve. So you clean the home. You make sure the uh, doors are working right. Make sure the heating and cooling are working good. Right? You care about the house, little maintenance items. But we're not living with people who care about the home. We're living with people who hate the home. They're trying to burn the home to the ground. They want the home completely destroyed, and they want the ground where the home used to stand salted so nothing will ever grow there again. That's the left's nature. That is the nature of the communist. He is not some resident living with us trying to make sure we're dusting things properly. We just have a different view on how to get the dusting done. He wants the home gone. And yet we have these people on our side who supposedly represent us. And they are the biggest cowardly idiot losers. And it drives me insane because they get used like suckers every single time. And they never wake up. They never do. They never wake up and acknowledge the nature of what we face. What am I talking about? Do you remember last summer when St. George Floyd died in Minneapolis? And of course, everybody in the press, all the, all the entertainers, all the sports stars, everyone in the Democratic Party got up, America's evil and racist and cops are racist and black people are oppressed here and this is worse than slavery and everything, all this insane, insane rhetoric about the country. And immediately, immediately, what they start doing? We need to tear down these statues. 
Let's tear it down. Robert E. Lee, his statue must come down. Look, we got to tear down this Confederate general statue. We got to tear down this. And you remember what I was saying to you back then in the heat of the moment when it wasn't popular to say? I was saying, um, no, whatever they want to tear down, you should build more of. If they want to tear down a statue of Robert E. Lee, your response is not no. Your response is, okay, I'll build 10 more of them. Not because you're a fan or not a fan of Robert E. Lee. I don't care what you think about Robert E. Lee. Because you must understand the nature of what you're facing. They don't care about Robert E. Lee either. These are communists. They want to tear down and destroy everything. There's not a single thing they see in America. Not statues, not the Cub Scouts, not the church, not sports, nothing. There's nothing they see they don't want to destroy. They want it all. It's the destructive, evil nature of the religion of communism. If we can't grow up and wake up and realize that, we are finished on the right. And I am so sick of having to explain this to the loser jellyfish on our side. It drives me nuts. I remember, I remember in the military base names. You remember that, right? You remember that? Well, we have these military base names. have got to be changed. And remember all the lickspittle Republicans in Congress? 67 of them voted in favor of removing all Confederate statues from inside the Capitol, including Kevin McCarthy, the current minority leader in the House and guy who's probably going to be Speaker of the House after the midterms. Oh, well, we'll just... It's just the, it's just the Confederate statues, guys. I promise they'll stop there. I mean, they're reasonable, pe reasonable people. Look, we all want what's best. We just don't want to. We don't want to be racist. Who oh, don't call me racist in the political magazines? That'll hurt my feel feels. Remember this loser senator, James Lankford from Oklahoma? I can't believe this idiot still holds office. I hope he loses in a primary. Remember James Lankford? Oh, oh, look at how not racist I am, guys. We've seen leading voices like General David Petraeus saying it's time to stop having uh, military bases named after Confederate generals like Braxton Bragg. Is it time? I do, actually. I think the right way to be able to do this is to be able to have a study, to be able to look at where the name come from, what, what do we need to have, to be able to take a serious look at it, and then to be able to transition. There are lots of great leaders, military leaders that are around the country, that are modern leaders, uh, that we can continue to be able to honor and uh, continue to be able to put names forward. But I, I see it like schools. Uh, every school has a name and you want those children in that school to be able to learn about the, the founder of that school or the name, the person that school is named after and to be able to have them as a role model. You would have that on a military base as well. Uh, so if you have a military base that is named after someone uh, that actually rebelled against the United States government, uh, then you'd want to be able to go back and look at that name. It should be a pretty basic principle. Hey, before I get upset again, I just want to make sure I clarify this because apparently we don't teach anything about history anymore in schools. Oh, they'll teach you everything about everything that will make America look bad, but they don't teach anything about history. So let's just make sure we get this clear. I know a bunch of kids who watch the show. I know a bunch of families who watch with their kids. So let's be clear about this. The reason we have so many military names named after Confederate generals was because we had this massive thing called the Civil War where the North fought the South and hundreds of thousands of Americans slaughtered each other. It was an unspeakable horror. Very, very fascinating conflict, by the way, but an unspeakable horror. And when you get done shoving bayonets into each other's faces, as we did when the war finally ended, 
you have to find a way to live together again. How long does it take for you and the wife or the husband to come back together again when you have a big fight? Takes a little bit, right? That doesn't take two minutes. Sometimes it's an hour. Sometimes it's a day, depending on whether or not you insulted her mother. Now, how do you think a nation comes back together to live together when they've just been slaughtering each other in droves for years? The reason you have so many of these bases named after Confederate generals was everyone understood we can't possibly ever live together again if we're just going to scapegoat everyone who lives in the South as some evil bad guy. This was part of our reconciliation process, how we came back together as a nation. But none of that actually matters. That's just a brief little history lesson for you. Set that aside. Did you hear the way that idiot loser talked? Ah, oh, we just need to sit down, and uh, we'll just sit down, and we'll come up with a, a, a new plan. Because These communists don't want to sit down with you, you idiot. These communists want you destroyed. They want your entire country destroyed. You cannot negotiate with them. You don't give them anything. You give them nothing. Nothing ever. In fact, whatever they love, whatever they treasure, you attack it relentlessly until it's destroyed. Whatever they hate, you give that to them over and over and over again until they beg you for mercy. Why? Because they're evil, disgusting, miserable communists who want to burn America to ash and leave our kids with nothing. So no, I don't have time for invertebrates like James Lankford. I do not and John Corrin, and Kevin McCarthy, and every other loser in Washington, D.C. on the right. Okay, we'll just give them a little bit, and then they'll back off. We don't have time for that anymore, and I'm sick of it. Uh, how's it end? It never ends. Remember this. Communism is a religion of destruction and domination. There is no end to it. Even Lenin wrote endlessly about it must be endless revolution no matter what, even when they get it all. Did you see this, Rachel Levine? It's International Pronouns Day, so I have to make sure I bring this up. Rachel Levine? Um, Rachel Levine just got named as a four-star admiral in the health service. A four-star admiral. Look at that. Look at that. That's an admiral in this country. Because of weakness. Well, we have to respect. We have to respect everything. Let's, we have to, I, you have to respect pronouns. Why? I don't have some moral obligation to respect your insanity. You know, I got to tell you, this stuff is never going to stop and it's never going to go away until we get bold. And what I don't see is bold. I don't see it at all. And I don't see the next coming generations as being equipped at all to fight against it because we're still not equipping them in the education system. Our education system, especially our university system, seems to be wholly designed to turn these kids into evil communist monsters. Now, listen, listen to these kids talk about diversity, the most evil word I can think of right now. Listen to these kids. Do you think diversity should be a factor in hiring decisions and in college admissions processes? Yeah, like, absolutely. They should probably have diversity quotas for like college admissions. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's an absolute necessity. So what about diversity quotas on sports teams, college sports teams? No, I think that should be skill-based. Yeah, absolutely. Same thing. 
Uh, probably not. I feel like it should be based off talent. That's something that's a little bit different. Like, college sports is about, like, getting the best players for your team, and I don't think we should focus on which race or ethnicity to get. Does this kind of change your mind about diversity quotas in other sectors, like the workplace, like college admissions? Yeah, I think it was a good way to open your eyes and think, like, if you're recruiting athletes based on their skill level, maybe you should admit students based on their score. How about that? And let's talk really briefly about diversity before we move on. we got a great show for you tonight. we got Jen Psaki being a smug hag next. we got all kinds of great stuff coming. But let's talk something really quickly here. The communists are very good at this political game. They've been playing it a long time, and they know how to win it. And one of the things they will use endlessly against you, against you, not the guy next to you, you, they will use your values against you. They love doing it because they believe in nothing but death and misery and destruction. They'll use whatever they have to. And they understand that your kind nature is your gigantic chink in the armor they can exploit. And that's why they've come up with this word, diversity. It's just like equality. It's a stupid, idiotic, meaningless word. But they know, they know it will work on you. I, w I want things to be diverse. Yeah, I've, uh, we need more. Uh, uh, we need more women. Are, are there enough Asians? What? They understand you want to look nice and you want to look good, and that's how they have wormed their way through everything with this diversity filth. And that's why we currently have a four-star admiral in the public health service who lopped his own Johnson off. Stop letting them use that against you. Stop letting them use your values against you. Diversity doesn't matter at all, and there's no such thing as equality. We're not equal. None of us are. We're all built differently. There's no such thing as equality. It does not exist. And diversity doesn't matter at all. You think diversity matters in everything you don't care about. Because if the person you love the most in your life needed life-saving brain surgery tomorrow, you wouldn't care at all about the color or sex of the doctor doing the operation. You wouldn't care if they're a ten-time felon you would want the best surgeon in the world because you only care about diversity when it's something you don't care about. That's a fact. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We have a jam-packed show for you. Wait till you hear Jen Psaki next. But first, <clears throat> I hate thieves. So I'm going to try not to get fired up again here, but I really, really hate thieves. This cyber theft thing, it just it blows me away. I understand I'm 40, so I don't totally, I don't get this online world. I didn't even know my home title was online. And then one day I opened up my email and there's, there's, there's my home title and my signature is on it. And my wife's signature is on it. These cyber thieves, they hack into everything now. And if they hack into your home title and they take a loan out against it, and they will, if they find it, they're going to financially destroy you. They will get you evicted from your home, and your only protection is Home Title Lock. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. HomeTitleLock.com. Sign up today to protect yourself. We'll be back. Tone matters a lot. The, the, the guys will know what I'm talking about here, especially. You ever come home and maybe had a long day, a little stressful at the office or something, and you get a little short with the old lady. It's more how you said it than what you said, right? 
You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to patch that whole thing over. You. You might as well just go to the store and get some flowers now. Tone matters a lot, especially when things are hard, when people get down, when people are going through it. Tone matters a lot. Not that I'm rooting for the Biden administration, but I will just say it would be really, really smart for them to jump to, to dump Jen Psaki. She's simply, she's just too much of a feminist hag to have the right tone. We not only have supply chain problems now and inflation problems now, they're not even pretending those problems are going to improve. It gets worse from here for the foreseeable future. You cannot have a bitter, smug hag as the face of your administration when people are going through hard times. Tone matters. This stuff ain't going to win Biden any points with the voters. It was crystal clear that things were not improving on supply chain. People couldn't get dishwashers and, and furniture and treadmills delivered on time, not to mention all sorts of other things. So why the is it... The tragedy of the, short, the treadmill that's delayed. Right, the treadmill. That's not going to work. When moms start showing up at the grocery store and there's no chicken, that's not going to work. When people start running out of things they actually need, like toilet paper, that's not going to work. When websites start going down because invaluable equipment is not available, you know, equipment goes bad, has to be updated, that kind of stuff is not going to work. Tone matters a lot, and Jen Psaki doesn't have the right one. White House better get smart and get rid of her ASAP. All right. We have, we, we have such a great show. We still have Thomas Massey on the show tonight. Now, before any of that, was actually just in a car yesterday. I had to take a taxi. Don't ask. I had to take a taxi yesterday, and my driver starts talking to me about flipping houses. Said he started to get into flipping houses, and I said, funny you should mention that i have something for you because he is into it and he sees all his friends making all this money and doesn't know anything about it and i said look <clears throat> have you heard of flippingmadeeasy.com flippingmadeeasy.com it's a one-stop shop for everything and i mean everything you need vendors in your area they're at flippingmadeeasy.com you need articles from experts and what do they know what what to avoid what to do flippingmadeeasy.com you need to know what the flipping opportunities are in your area. FlippingMadeEasy.com. Go to FlippingMadeEasy.com and sign up. Get yourself a platinum membership and use the code JESSE. You will not regret it. You get an extra something special there. FlippingMadeEasy.com. We'll be back. we will be working to scale up pediatric vaccination. That said, it will take some time. And as I just noted, as we head into these winter months, we know we cannot be complacent. We also know that um, from previous data that, vac that schools that have had masks in place were three and a half times less likely to have school outbreaks requiring school closure. So right now we are going to continue to um, recommend masks in all schools for all um, people in those schools. And we will look forward to scaling up pediatric vaccination during this period of time. That's the CDC director, of course, and yeah, we don't have institutions we can trust anymore, and very few congressmen. Thankfully, we have one we can on the show right now. Big fan of Representative Thomas Massey from the great state of Kentucky. 
Congressman, America's institutions seem rotted beyond repair at this moment, and that sucks. Yeah, no kidding. Thanks for having me on, Jesse, by the way. The, the CDC is rotten. Um, I caught them back in December lying to the public. I recorded my phone calls with them and then released those to Cheryl Atkinson, who's an investigative journalist. They were lying at the time about the efficacy of the vaccine for those who already had natural immunity. And uh, you really can't, unfortunately, by the way, that was under Trump and it's gotten worse under Joe Biden. You cannot trust the CDC. Uh, they're pushing these vaccines for children for ages five to 11, that's their latest push. Never should these vaccines be mandated for anybody and they should especially not be mandated or coerced uh, for children. And so I'm worried about where this is leading. You know, uh, we have a lot of studies from the beginning of the pandemic when people were honestly trying to find the answers that showed that the flu was far more dangerous to adolescents and young children than COVID-19 itself. Yeah, th that's what kind of blows me away about this whole thing. From the very beginning, truth never seemed to matter at all. Facts never seemed to matter at all. Why are any kids in American schools wearing masks? Even quasi-socialist European countries don't have masks on their kids, and yet the supposed land of the free does. What, what's wrong with us now? I'll tell you what, Jesse, I just came from an honor flight that landed in Washington, D.C. These are 90-year-old Korean War veterans, World War II war, <laughs> war veterans, and um, it was delightful. None of them had masks on, uh, and they all shook my hand. Nobody hesitated. None of them cared about a mask. Uh, they're from a generation where common sense prevailed, and we're living through a generation right now where common sense and science has gone out the window. For instance, let me tell you how far back we've gone uh, in terms of medical knowledge. A lot of liberals like to point out that General George Washington required his uh, soldiers to get a smallpox inoculation. What they failed to tell you is that General George Washington said not to inoculate those who already had been subjected to smallpox. He already understood 250 years ago that uh, natural immunity from prior infection was a thing, yet they don't even recognize that today in the military. And even George Washington himself did not receive a smallpox inoculation because he had already had it when he was a teenager. He had already had smallpox. By the way, that's why most of the British soldiers were uh, subject to it. It was sort of endemic in Britain and they had already had smallpox. So that's why it was such a threat to the American forces. But uh, common sense has gone out the window. We've gone back 250 years in terms of our understanding of science. And it's really sad because people are suffering. Our soldiers are going to suffer because of this. That's why I've sponsored H.R. 3860. I authored this bill. We're up to about 40 co-sponsors. Just got another co-sponsor today. And, it's, and I know it's almost too late, but I started this campaign in June before there was even a military vaccine mandate. And what HR 3860 does is it prevents the military from requiring or coercing members of the military to take the COVID-19 vaccine. I'm actually glad you brought that up. I'm sure you've seen this, but I have a little video I want to play for the people here about our military members. And I'll tell you, it just enrages me to no end. Watch this. Due to the new order of the COVID-19 vaccine, I will potentially face separation 
from the United States Army. And I'm currently pending a religious exemption. I have been assigned to be a lead junior sailor in our mentorship and training program, and I take great pride in doing so. I will potentially be discharged for denying the COVID-19 vaccine. I have deployed to northern Syria and northern Iraq. In fulfilling my duties, I have been an FDC chief and an 81 section leader. I will potentially be discharged for refusing the COVID-19 vaccine. Congressman, it, is, it floors me that we've gotten to the point now where we take these young, fit people in our military and we're just running them out. What's going to be left if, if we just continue to purge society of those dangerous unvaccinated? Well, right. And I know you're using that uh, dangerous unvaccinated facetiously because the vaccinated studies have shown uh, are spreading it to the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. That's a choice that they make themselves. You know, the the demographic most at risk for myocarditis is young males age 19 to 24. Guess what? That is the majority of the enlisted members of our military who in your videos you saw they're facing uh, discharge from the military. What they're not telling you is they may face a dishonorable discharge and they may face a court martial, which would put them in the same category as rapists and murderers and prevent them from owning a gun in their lives. Imagine that you sign up to fight for the military, for our country, for our constitution, and then you get discharged because you don't take a vaccine that you don't need or that presents an unnecessary risk to you. And then you lose your rights that you signed up to fight for. This is despicable. And that's why I'm fighting for these folks. A lot of them have already been coerced into uh, taking the vaccine. And I think it's uh, borderline criminal to hold out this false hope of a religious or medical exemption uh, and then not to grant them to anybody. They are categorically denying them without giving them their due review. And I think that's a violation of what these folks signed up for when they signed up to the military. I, I think I already know the answer to this question, but are there any Democrats signing on to your bill? There are no Democrats signing on my bill. Uh, in fact, and so Nancy Pelosi doesn't want to bring this to the floor for a vote. Uh, that is because she knows that these obscene mandates are actually dis disproportionately uh, affecting some of the demographics in their voting base. There are uh, minorities who don't want to take the vaccine in a, at a higher proportion than uh, some of the other demographics. There are also women of working uh, who are working that are of childbearing age who have decided that because they want to have children or because they're carrying a child they do not want to take this vaccine you know uh, young females are typically voters that the democrats count on and so nancy pelosi is avoiding this at all costs but we have been able to force this to a vote in two of my committees on the transportation committee i offered an amendment and forced a vote every democrat voted against my amendment, which would have prohibited the vaccine mandates for travel, otherwise known as vaccine passports. So in essence, every Democrat who serves on the uh, Transportation and Infrastructure Committee has already voted for vaccine passports. We did the same thing in the Judiciary Committee. We forced them to vote against vaccine mandates, but they all voted for it in the Judiciary Committee. That was Tom McClintock's amendment. Congressman, keep doing what you're doing. Big fans on this show. Thank you, sir.
Thanks, Jesse. We'll follow you on Twitter, too. Follow me at Sassy with Massey. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right. We got Ken LaCourt coming next. But first, let's talk about quality. I'll fully admit, I don't love spending money. And there are so many things in life that I'll go cheap on. I'll get the off-brand shredded cheese without a second thought. But when it comes to things that matter for my life, meaning me living another day or dying that day, I buy quality. When it's the life of my family, I buy quality. Your holster is not just a pouch where you keep your weapon. It must last for a long time because the day it fails you might be the day that failure kills you. If your holster breaks off when you're grabbing it, too much sun, heat, rain, just the years take their toll, you're dead. I buy from Northwest Retention Systems, not because of their great designs. I know everyone loves their designs. I love their designs too. I buy because every holster is custom made right here in America. And they last. It's the best quality gear I've ever had. And I've had a lot of gear. Go to nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. We'll be back. Joining me now, my friend Ken LaCourt. He is the founder of the Media Action Network. Ken, I really need you for this one. Uh, Facebook is getting set to give itself a new name and some weird rebranding effort, and it's currently called the Metaverse. Ken, what does that mean for people who actually don't understand technology? Yeah, I didn't... uh, I had to look it up myself. But uh, what the Metaverse, I believe, means is kind of the 3D world that Facebook is going to jump into. Obviously, they, they spent a whole lot of money buying Oculus, those 3D goggles. Well, right now, those are mainly used for kids playing games, and, and they haven't kind of exploded because a lot of games make you want to throw up. Um, there's, there's something about running and, and, and having a lot of action inside wearing, wearing, wearing these goggles that mismatches with your body that, that gives you seasickness, basically. But there are fun uses for it. I've got a, I've got a set, although because I've been banned from Facebook, eventually these are going to turn into a, a, an, a paperweight for me because you have to have a Facebook account with it. Their real hope is to, is to use that and to create this, this 3D world that we do many more things in. So let me give you one quick example. Um, man, he's a weird-looking guy. Uh, uh, one quick example is is they could make an avatar of you, not not a simplistic kind of cartoonish one, but but you've seen those deep deep fake things. They could make a 3D imaging of you pretty easily these days, so that if you and I decided, hey, you know what, let's let's sit next to each other at the at the ball game that's 500 miles away from either one of us. We put these on, we're at a live event. I look over, hey, there's Jesse. And you look at me and we can talk to each other. And and after three hours and $28 that, that we just had a Facebook metaverse-like experience, which could be kind of fun. Um, um, or it could be creepy as hell, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Facebook is a smart, smart company. I, I they, they scare me in many ways, but they're not like a Twitter that just kind of like created the yo-yo and, and everybody loved it. Facebook has evolved and changed and done all sorts of things. They're, they're very smart. And if this is a viable opportunity, they'll be the leaders in it. I, I'm not, I wouldn't doubt that at all. Okay. I, all right. 
It's a little creepy, but I, I, I got to be honest, it doesn't sound that bad. What perked my ears up about it was Facebook has, they've gone through the political realm in the past couple years. They went heavy, heavy into the election, hundreds of millions of dollars, just training election workers. Of course, nothing on right, behalf right. of Democrats. And then recently we had the clearly fake whistleblower who went in front of Congress and said she needs to she needs to censor all these people. And so now this announcement, it just perked my ears up because it's Facebook. Is there a political angle here I might be missing? Look, I think that that Facebook has been more reactive to the politics than proactive in the sense that Zuckerberg was one of the initial ones to say we didn't get Donald Trump elected. Stop it on all this. But then he got pushed. And and I think he was pushed by his own employees because, you know, he's got thousands, tens of thousands of wokesters working for them. And, you know, they've never had to make a, a sandwich or get a real job in their life. And they're all making two hundred thousand um, um, dollars. But if, if you don't treat them well, they go off over across the street to Google or down the street to Apple or around NEC or some, somewhere else. Um, so I, I, I view them as a politically reactive company um, um um that doesn't make it good but i i i yes i mean i suspect at some point in the 3d universe you'll do something that they don't like and 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 they'll they'll make us stop it let's just hope it's not still things like i don't know political speech or honest and, and open debate in america which is what it's been well well, wait till they see how many beers I hammer at the virtual baseball game. They right. might, they Business might, they might insider. Not let you take your, your goggles off until you're sober. I mean, who knows? Business insider. Quote, Hunter Biden isn't Trump, but what he's up to is bad and deserves your attention. <laughs> Even if you hate Fox News. Okay. Now... I admit I see <laughs> things through certain angles, Ken. When I see the new Hunter Biden stuff start to slowly leak out, and we've confirmed the laptop and this and that, it makes me very, very curious why a press outlet would run with this. Ken, what am I missing? Well, things are getting more serious on that. The biggest, and I just love that headline. It's like, we have to criticize two conservatives before, before criticizing this crack addict because we have to virtue signal to you and we don't want you thinking we're a conservative outlet. I mean, I mean that that one headline just did all of those things in, in those mishmash of words. Um, um, I, I've seen some reports that he and his father shared a bank account that had money coming in from some of these, these creepy things. I think that they're, you know, I think that press people are also realizing that criticizing Hunter Biden isn't the equivalent of of helping Donald Trump win re-election as as it was last you know September October it was like if we criticize this rotten kid who's done I keep calling him a kid he's 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 a he's a he's a middle-aged man but but um that that you know they just couldn't bring themselves to do that because they knew that that would help re-elect Donald Trump and and there's nothing worse than that obviously uh, now they have a little bit more more fluidity and ability to do that and the story's getting 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 worse. Look, the Bidens were involved in a in a corrupt. Our family is. Uh, we figured out a way to have our family profit big on politics. Dad can't take bribes, but you over there, kid, when you were and and young man now, you can take huge no show jobs. And by the way, make sure your cousin gets in. You you, you take care of her college expenses. So so this was a family business. There's there's no there's no doubt in my mind about this. Ken, is the Democratic Party close to being done with Joe Biden? I mean, look, his 
his health and mental health, everyone has eyes. Everyone can see this guy's not doing well. There's not doing well, and then there's not doing well in the polls where his approval numbers are absolutely cratering out there. If he's just a big liability and they're just waiting for the time to chuck him out the back door of the White House, why wouldn't that time be soon? I think that most of the mainstream press would rather have Kamala Harris be president. And ironically, most, well, not maybe not ironically, but, but most Republicans would really, really want to keep Biden versus her. I mean, I mean, look, he's he's daffy. He's but he is a lot more moderate than what we would have under under a a Kamala presidency. I mean, there it would be Katie bar the doors and we're getting some stupidness. We're getting, you know, people going into run economic positions who who really, really don't like capitalism all that much and, and, and who really just want to give this socialism thing another try because it hasn't been tried fair yet, according to them. Um, um, but, but, you know, he was, he was the, he was outside of Tulsi Gabbard, who, who was just laughed out of the party. He was the most, or he was the least liberal of all the democratic candidates. And, and the press isn't that way. They're, they're, they're much more woke on him. So yes, I think that they would love to, to, to cap him out of that and, and, and end up with a Harris presidency. Cause we all know that Joe Biden can't win reelection. I think. I mean, I think that as his mental faculties kind of continue to go, and then he has to start going, even if they lock him in a basement again, it's 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 pretty tricky. So if I'm a Democrat, I want Joe Biden to step down. I want Joe Biden, especially if I'm a liberal, I want him to step down. I want her to be the president running for re-election because you have a lot, a lot of, a lot, a lot of umps on your, on your, on your. You can control the media. You can control the 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 narrative. You control billions of dollars. You control tens of thousands of employees. And so it's easier to be reelected if you're already president than if you're not. So for the Democrats, especially the liberals, him him bowing out and letting her run is 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 the answer. Ken, stories floating around the media. Lastly, here stories floating around the media now of In and Out Burger thumbing their nose at San Francisco's vaccine mandate rule and saying, "Hey, we're not the government's enforcement arm. We're never going to do something like that." I'm hopeful this catches on nationwide with corporations. Am I too hopeful? Yeah, I mean, look, In and Out is a is a solid company. Um, um, they have Christian values, which which is why they're getting kind of trashed out by the by the uh, by the corporate press. Um, they had a very good response to that, saying we're not going to be the vaccine police because, of course, you know, it's illegal to ask me to show my ID going to vote, and now to go eat a burger in a restaurant, I have to show my ID and a vax card in San Francisco. Uh, look, the, the real upshot was, though, that, that, that they held firm, and now they're saying, okay, out of, out of this location, which I believe is their only San Francisco location, uh, uh, we're, we're, you know, we still have food to go, you just can't eat it here. So it, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't quite Attica, right? It wasn't quite uh, a revolution, but it was nice to, it was nice to have one corporation do that. And I encourage anybody who's anywhere near an in and out to, to patriate, patriate them with your patronage. I think I'll be doing that myself right after the show tonight. Thank you so much, Ken. Ken, the court, I appreciate you, bud. Thanks for having me. All right. We got light in the mood next. Apparently this burger thing I did is like a really big thing now and we're gonna have to have some critical analysis get ready all right time to lighten the mood again 
Now, you probably remember from last week when I got on here and gave my world-famous burger recipe, the one I've been working on for about 15, 16 years now. And you probably just thought I was blowing it out of proportion when I said these are the greatest burgers ever. But you must understand, while I'm happy to be obnoxious and blow things out of proportion, I'm actually dead serious when I say they're the best burgers ever. It has been independently verified by everybody I've ever made them for. They are the greatest burgers ever. And since then, apparently this thing has taken off and everybody's making these things and they're all raving about them. Doesn't hurt to get some more coaching tips from the one who's been working on them time and time again. So I did just want to point out a couple things for today's Light in the Mood. First one, this is a Jeremy Johnson. He mentions that they took way longer than the grill. In the end, it was worth it. He was right about going thinner. Looks like he did the right ingredients. Definitely did the right thing on the thin patty. I just want to reference this grill thing. And I'm mainly going to talk to guys here because women don't get as possessive about their grill as men do. Fellas, I know you love your grill. I am not insulting your grill. It would never occur to me to insult your grill. Your grill is invaluable. I love your grill. Make your stuff on your grill. A cheeseburger must cook in its own fat. It must cook in its own fat to make it good. Your grill is letting that fat drip through the cracks, and you cannot have that at all. No, on the, on the grill. Unless, unless, let me point this out, if you want to go cast iron pan on your grill, I've done that several times, and it cuts down on the inside mess. Totally acceptable. It has to be a flat top of some kind. Let's be clear about that. Next, this one is a Derek Hughes, of course, saying the Jesse Kelly burger is as good as advertised as I said it was. I do just want to point out a couple things here. Um, I'm glad whatever those green thingies are aren't on my burger, so I'll at least give Derek props for that. Let's try to keep that green stuff out of the picture from now on when you're sending your burger pictures to me. Another thing, I'm looking at this picture, Derek, and right up there by the cheese at the top of the bun, you know what I'm seeing, Derek? That looks like ketchup. We had this talk. Didn't, I thought we had this talk. I understand every other burger you've ever had needed condiments. Whatever your condiment choice is, mayo, mustard, ketchup, but I understand it. Every other burger needed that, and I'm not insulting you. Put your condiments on your other burger. My burger doesn't need condiments. Meat, cheese, bun. That's all my burger needs. Don't ever insult my burger with ketchup again. Moving on. Eric, Eric says he had his reservations about my burger, but it was revealed to be right. I just want to compliment Eric quickly here. You see the burger in the upper right-hand corner? You see that in the upper right-hand corner? Look at that burger. Look at how much Chipotle Tabasco sauce is in, is in that burger. That's how it's done. I want to caution you again. If you're worried about heat, if you're not a spicy foods guy, don't be. Most of the heat cooks off. Drown it in Chipotle Tabasco. That's the star of the show. And lastly, this is Cactus Girl said she made these burgers, so on and so forth. They were the best ever. Of course, I know they're the best ever. Props to her for making the burgers. <clears throat> Just want to point out one thing. This is no insult to her. It's her first time. I had to make these things for 16 years before I perfected them. They do look a little thick. Try and thin them out a little bit more next time. I know that's easier said than done. Just make sure you work them on, on, on thinning them out. And see that picture in the upper right? 
That's multiple burgers at once. My burgers? My burgers are not some pickup truck you just chuck things in the back of and then drive to work. My burgers are like a precious, precious flower. You must make them one at a time. And people are like, oh, that takes too much time. Really? Did Picasso rush through his paintings? You make my burgers one at a time. Each and every burger deserves your individual love and attention. All right. If you're, if you're asking the whole time, where's this burger recipe? We're all over it on the first. We're well aware of how insanely popular it is. We're going to have it out there everywhere for you. Okay? I'll see you tomorrow. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.